this so I can breathe. I need thee every hour, most gracious. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come here this evening and to, to worship, and to hear a message from your word. Lord, as the psalmist says, your word is sweet as honey to our mouth. This is one place in the world where we know that we can, can speak it, we can hear it, its truth, its power, we can listen to it, we can take it in meditate on it. Thank you so much Father for this this body and for our, our good preachers and teachers here. Please bless each one who speaks to us especially Mike tonight. Lord we pray for the leaders around the world especially those who are involved and have interest and influence in the tensions going on between Russia and Ukraine. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them courage to do the right thing, to say the right thing, to, to be prudent. Lord, please allow your, your word, your commandments, your goodness to, to influence those who who can make or break the peace there. Lord, we pray that you will help us to, to do what we can to, to bring peace in our part of the world. Lord, help us to, to be good influences where we work, where we go to school, where we live. Help us to, to do your will, to know your will, to speak it, and to live it. Lord, we pray for those we we know are uh, suffering, well, Sue in particular, suffering the loss of her stepfather. We pray for her comfort. We pray for, for that family. They, they be comforted and turn to you. Help us to do what we can to comfort them. Lord, we thank you that Mitzi is back out of the hospital. We pray that she won't have any more heart problems like she had last week and we thank you that Gene is out and doing better from his shingles we pray for William we know that the treatments he's having for his eyes must be very di difficult to, to keep up with and we pray for his encouragement and we pray that, that everything that they're doing will be successful we pray for complete restoration of his sight restoration of his service to to this body here Lord we pray for Rita 
we know that she's going to have another surgery and we we pray that it's successful or it's a frightening thing to think about having to to lose that leg and we we pray for success of this surgery and the healing and, and recovery lord i want to pray for my cousin david who's suffering from cancer battling cancer pray for a treatment that will be effective and and give him more years to his life father we pray for uh, everyone here who's being being affected by covid we know that sue underwood has covid now and we pray that you you will protect her protect her family and help her to be healed quickly from it. Lord, again, we, we thank you for this body and we thank you that we're able to gather around the Lord's table here in a few minutes and pray that everything that we do here, the way that we worship you and your son, our hearts, our minds are all right. And help us to help us to have a, a good worship here. Plus Chuck, as he leads us singing. Lord, help us to, to be encouraged as we leave. In Jesus' name. Amen. Help our mind, uh, prepare our minds, Lord's Supper. We'll sing Ivory Palaces. My Lord has garments so Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed, for you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Would please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for Jesus. We're thankful that, that he would be willing to come to this earth and, 
and go to the cross in our stead, that, that he bore our sins on that cross. And Lord, we're thankful for the redemption of where we've been and how we're stained with, with the sin. And, and Lord, just pray that you'll help us continually keep our eyes on your son and, and move forward in this life and get sinful lifestyles behind us. Lord, again, we thank you for his bodily sacrifice for us, and we're just and ever so grateful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's pray for the fruit of the vine. Our Heavenly Father, again, we're thankful that Jesus was willing to shed his blood for us to, to be able to, to purify us, to be able to allow us to be holy, to be able to have a relationship with you. Uh, we're thankful that you're so mindful of us and so loving of us to, to allow this whole plan to, to come together. We know that you abhor sin and how, how sinful sin is actually in your sight and we know you're a holy God and want us to be holy people and so you sent Jesus to allow that to occur so Lord be with us now as we we take this this fruit of the vine and Lord may it just touch the depths of our soul for what you've done for us in Jesus name amen Let me just say a little prayer for the giving, and uh, and as you all know, there's uh, three boxes back where we leave the uh, the auditorium, and you can place your contributions there. Our Heavenly Father, we're just so richly blessed in this life, and Lord, we're just thankful for that. We're we're pray for these funds that are are being given back to you, Lord, that that they will go to to increase Thy kingdom here on this earth, Lord, that. It'll help bring people to you and draw people to you and, and Lord, and, and feed people. Uh, and we allow us to have the missionaries and we pray, pray that you'll bless in all regard that these monies go to. Uh, Lord, so just thank you and, and be with us always to be able to cherish what you've given us and the gifts that go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Or Mike brings a lesson, we'll sing Oh to be Mike like thee. Oh to be in love.
this is my shameless plug for my class on Wednesday night. Uh, we meet here at 7 o'clock. It's a discussion class. If you want to be part of it, we'd love to have you. In the class tonight, I started this morning talking about how you had time to get ready for Valentine's Day. And if you haven't done anything, guys, times are running out. So I came up with a few things. You can go to just about any grocery store in town and get Valentine's Day balloons. Not expensive, won't break your budget. You go in and they're there and just the kind of thing your, your girl has always wanted. But if that's not the case, then there are flowers. And I have checked and Walmart has flowers and Target has some flowers out. At, uh, some of the grocery store large displays of flowers so if you're really out now you say I, I don't maybe I'm allergic well there's candy on this side now the trick is you get the candy to your wife before you eat it so if you weren't ready for Valentine's Day now's the time to get it in gear And if you can't do any of that, get her a card. Now there's a new thing that I've just found out about, and that is you can make them on your computer. You don't even have to start up, start anywhere or stop anywhere. Just make her a card and says, I love you bunches, and that'll be better than nothing. Women like things like that. Enough of that. Beginning in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. It was he, that's Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning by the craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Would you pray with me please? Father, tonight we're going into one of those areas that stretches our mind because there are very different views on what church should be. I asked you to help us keep an open mind and look into the scriptures and together find what you have prescribed. Lord, I ask you to help me get out of the way so people see you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to try real hard to put this into an easy-to-understand diagram form tonight, but it might not be as easy as I think it's going to be. He starts out with four different things that we really have got to, to get a handle on if we're going to know. These are the, the people who've started the church and keep the church running. They're apostles, they're prophets, they're evangelists, and they're pastor teachers. Now, the first two are the apostles and the prophets. If you go back 
just two chapters, you read these words. Consequently, we're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Let me read that again. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Now, this is my terminology, but the apostles and the prophets, I call foundation people. It was the apostles and prophets who were here in the earliest time, and it's the apostles and prophets who set up the church the way it should be and taught the truth so the people could understand it. It was the apostles and prophets who were the the ones who help people see exactly what God was asking of them. John R. W. Stott is uh, one of my favorite commentators. And he writes this, Since the apostles and prophets were both groups with a teaching role, it seems clear that what constitutes the church's foundation is neither the, their person nor their office but their instruction. And then going over and looking at F.F. Bruce, the apostles and prophets as an order of ministry of the church were not perpetuated beyond the apostolic age, but the various functions they discharged did not lapse with their departure, but were content continued to be performed by others, notably the evangelist and pastor teachers. So what he's saying is if you're looking for the beginning of the church, look for the apostles and the prophets. They are the very beginning that made everything come down. They are the ones who taught the truth when the church began. But they didn't stay. That age has passed away, and it now is up to evangelism and evangelists and pastor teachers. The evangelist is to be concerned with the good news. That's what evangelist means. I like to say the Greek word, euangelion. That sounds so good. It's just interpreted gospel in English, but euangadion is good news. The evangelist isn't up here to preach his standards. He's not up here to set everybody straight. He's not up here on the idea of trying to hammer home his biases. He's good news. So he's got to be plain and relevant. And he teaches the members to learn that proper attitudes are necessary if you're going to teach the lost. Somehow we've got a quick draw, I call it the quick draw of conversion. We think if we sit down with somebody and we mention it and teach it that they're going to respond that night. I can count on one hand in 48 years that that has happened to me. What usually happens is you build a friendship. The friendship lasts. They see that you are different. And because you are different, they start asking you questions. Uh, I've told you about the golf game. I was playing with coal miners. They didn't know what I did for a living, but the eighth hole, they looked at me and said, you're a preacher. And I said, how would you know? And he said, nobody could play golf as bad as you do and not cuss unless he's a preacher. It took three years of playing golf with them and them laughing at me before they started asking questions. And when they started asking questions, 
we started, my partner was also a Christian, so we, we started answering their questions. We answered them in a positive, nice, easy, don't argue type thing. Because if we had done it any other way, we would have lost them. Sometimes it's walking together. Two ladies in Pittsburgh, they walked a trail, they walked right by the church building. They walked together for over seven years before one decided to become a Christian who was not. So you're going to spend some time as an evangelist teaching and showing the truth in a way that they will respond. You don't want to offend them. Uh, I had a teacher at Lipscomb used to call it, whenever you get into evangelism, you have to be a good salesman. You don't offend people. If they don't want it right now, you come back later. Maybe they will. And that's the idea of the evangelist. The pastor teacher is what we would call elders in the churches of Christ. It is because of the Greek construction of the word, literally refers to one person. So the elders are both pastors and they are teachers. That's what they do. Now, to do this, they have to be knowledgeable when it comes to the scriptures. But there again, they come next. They have to be good with people. They can't be power brokers. They can't be somebody who comes out and says, you'll do it my way. It takes both a knowledge of the scriptures and a personality that shows people you care about them. Ken Hughes in his commentary, when he came to this pastor-teacher thing, he said the best example you can get of a pastor-teacher and the way it should be done is Jesus. Peter had denied him three times while Jesus was going through his trials. And yet when he gets back with Peter three times, he says, Peter, do you love me? And three times Peter says, you know, I love you. And all three times Jesus says, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, feed my sheep. Get past what we did and get on with the personality of leading people closer to what we need them to be. That's a pastor teacher. Now this is, you can tell it's my drawing, can't you? This is what I think the typical church looks like. Now, I've taken some readings out of several different books to get here. But at the top of most churches, these are no denomination, not just churches of Christ, can be a church of Christ, but doesn't have to be. You've got a pastor teacher, somebody in authority. It can be a, a council, it can be a board, it can be a round of a biblical name of some kind of rulers from the first century. But they are up there in a place. Now, when you get to the churches of Christ, usually you have either one or the other type leader. You have either the pastor teacher or you have the preacher. And I've seen both kinds of churches of Christ. I've been in some churches of Christ where the preacher had when he spoke, everybody listened. It's like E.F. Hunt. And then I've been in some churches where the pastor teachers had rule. Both cannot. It takes one or the other. It takes one that's because you're all doing different stuff. The preacher or the evangelist is working down with the members, encouraging them and building them up and getting them to a firm base. The, mem the, the pastor teachers are working with him and the members to get them to understand what they can do.
Now, if you notice, there's a big difference between the top and the members down below. That's because if all the surveys are right, since the pandemic, a lot of people are tuning in just to online or they have stopped altogether. And the ones who are coming to church aren't too happy. Uh, there's a lot of criticism that goes on now. There are a lot of people who they sit there and they start picking apart either the leadership or each other. That should never be. Our members are to be built up to the point that they realize they have a job to do. Because that bottom where there's everybody else, they have not yet been baptized into Christ or repented of their sins and been baptized, as Acts 2, they're lost. They've got an interest, but they're lost. And if the members aren't doing themselves to build each other up, and help each other find what they're good at doing, we will never reach them. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, this is church. Everybody together is at the same level. There's no power brokers. There's no, I am stronger than you. I will put you. You will follow what I say. Uh -huh. Everybody has a different job. But there's no power struggle. Now, I knew there was a a football game, so I decided to put the best team in football up. <sighs> no apology for that. In the back, this is Ben Rosenberger when he was, this is way back in the early times, right after he'd been drafted. He was called a phenom who would make the Hall of Fame. He didn't have talent to do that. He said, well, how can you say that? He might be in the Hall of Fame. Well, you see, it's not just Ben Roethlisberger. You see these guys in front of him? They're going to block. If they block, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have time to look downfield and see who's running their route and who is the most pl open player. And he can throw the ball there if he has time. If they don't block, he's going to get smeared in the backfield. At times when he was in the first of his career, he ran a lot because they blocked for him. He couldn't run at all if they didn't block for him. That's why in the fourth year, he bought each one of his linemen a new car. Why did he do that? He knew if they didn't block, his career would be over in one season. He took them out to and rented a whole dinner place, one of the fancy ones in Pittsburgh, to take out his front line so that they knew he was grateful for what they did. That's what church is all about. We're teaming this, and we all have different things that we can do. The trick is helping everybody find out what they can do. And you say, well, how can we do that? Hang on till next time.
John R. W. Stott said the concept of the church is not of a single person who jealously guards all ministry, his own hands and successfully squashes all plans, but one who helps encourage all God's people to develop and exercise their gifts. His teaching and training are directed to an end, to extend the people of God to be a servant people ministering actively and humbly according to their gifts in a world of alienation and pain. Thus, instead of monopolizing all ministry, he seeks to multiply them. This ending comes from my wife. There was a man who was working on his lawnmower. He didn't want to pay the bill, so he worked on it himself, took it apart, put it back together, but he couldn't figure out what this one little piece was. So he decided it wasn't important. He turned the ignition, and it started like that. And he got going on those hills in West Virginia, and he was happy until he decided he wanted to stop. You see, that little part led to the brakes and going up and down the hills without brakes meant you were in deep trouble. If we don't have people who know what to do and what part they play, we're going to be hindered. So tonight, if you've never repented of your sins and been baptized for the remission of those sins, we can do that tonight. Everything's ready. If you've once done that and you're no longer living for him who died for you, let us help. We're not here to judge you. We're here in love to bond with you. If there's a way that we can help you, won't you come? Why together we stand and sing. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on our portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home.
So Chris has come forward tonight, and he is ready to uh, put Jesus Christ on in baptism as his Lord and Savior. So before we do that, i got to ask you two questions. The first one is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. And are you ready to live the rest of your life for him? Yes. All right, based on that, we're going to go get the waters ready and uh, baptize you tonight. Okay. I'll go ahead and make the announcements. That's loud. Um, if you didn't bulletin, there's a lot of information in there. I'm going to highlight a few of those and some information that isn't in there. Uh, Fred Kirk, that's Sue Sharp's uh, stepdad, he passed away this last week. And as I mentioned this morning, um, that's a pretty broad range of, of uh, emotion she's feeling, considering she just got married and now she's lost her stepdad. So um, continue to remember William, uh, the surgery he had is to repair his retina and he sees shadows right now he, I don't think he can see out of one eye and he can just see shadows so he has to be face down for about eight hours every day in order for what they did as far as the treatment and I think they put fluid in his eye in order for it to knit the uh, retina back again so keep him in your prayers and particularly this week Rita is is having surgery to try and repair her um, actually where her artificial knee has been in, uh, put in. Uh, tibia and fibia, just, they just aren't holding uh, to the parts of the uh, artificial knee. And uh, if they can't get that fixed, they'll probably have to amputate her leg from the knee down. So keep Rita in that surgery and the surgeons and everything else in your prayers as well. Sue Underwood um, tested positive for COVID. So they, uh, they are staying home right now. She's got a, a nasty cough is how she termed it. So uh, keep her in your prayers and that, uh, that it just doesn't turn into anything more than a nasty cough and it goes away quickly. And that's it. Uh, we'll do the last song and then the prayer, but stick around for the baptism, please. Unless he opens the door, then I'm gonna do this real quick. Take time to be holy, speak off with thy Lord, abide in him always, and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the many rich gifts in our life because we know all good things come from Thee. We ask that You be with those that were mentioned earlier. Please give them back their much-needed health, if it be Thy will. Be with those of us that are here and the ones that are online. Please guard, guide, and protect us, keep us safe and healthy so that we can see each other again at the next appointed time. Please go with us as we go our separate ways. Keep us safe and healthy. Help us to stand up against those things out in the world that try to knock us down. We thank thee for Chris that has come forward this morning that is taking on thy son in baptism. Please bless him the rest of his life. We pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.